For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. We welcome you back to the Two Guys Named Chris show and welcome in our dear friend Lisa Lanier, our official attorney of this program. Hello, Lisa. How you doing? I'm fantastic. Glad to be here. Usually we have you on the phone and today we have you in, which is always nice. And if you have questions for her, this is free legal advice time. For the next few minutes, you can call us at 866-470-2GNC and just ask any questions you'd like. Let me ask you this. Now, already we have a, an email from a P1 who says that through DNA testing, he's found out a child he's been paying child support for for years is not his. Can my ex be made to refund the money that I paid? Mm. I think you've answered this in the past. Yeah, the answer's they, no. Yeah, they don't usually require any kind of refund because as the the legal status was at the time presumed that he was the father, so they won't usually do that in most really, jurisdictions. Really, because the kid has already, you know, it's for the best interest of the child. Right. That's what it's about. Still, though. Yeah. You know, it's not your kid. You, Bum deal for that guy. Yeah. yeah. And then going forward, you don't have to pay anymore, do you? No, after, it's not, you have to go through a proceeding, even right. though you know, you know, you've got your DNA test. You have to go through a legal proceeding, but then they'd cut it off. Okay. Mm. We have a question here. Anonymous is on the line uh, about surgical, a surgical procedure, uh, malpractice. Go ahead, Anonymous, for your question for Lisa Lanier. Ask the lawyer. Hey, Lisa. Um, at the end of May, I went in for a septoplasty just to get a deviated septum fixed. And during the surgery, they ended up, instead of injecting me with lidocaine, they injected me with 1 to 1,000 concentration epinephrine and sent me into cardiac arrest oh my god you have a loss I, let me step in yeah <laughs> all right you, you almost went to law school yeah, I did. <laughs> well you've got a lawsuit on your hand you're going to win a bunch of money is what i say but easy, continue easy. continue continue i'm sorry go ahead i i just wanted to get lisa's opinion on it um you know do i have a case i mean i've i've got medical records and everything i've got the doctor's version of what happened mm-hmm yeah, so here's the thing. How are you doing now? Because it sounds like you have, there's multiple prongs that you have to, you know, hurdles you have to surmount. And the liability sounds pretty strong. I mean, it gave you the wrong thing, right? Mm-hmm, so, right. But then the next question is, what are your damages? Because believe it or not, you know, you go into cardiac arrest, and some people, bam, they're fine. You know, yeah. and there's really no no ongoing damage there. So how are mm. you doing is the question. Um, I've been to a cardiologist, and they say my heart and everything's fine. The only effects i've had really are some blood clots from just being in the hospital with a couple um ivs in me okay so better so i mean it would be i would take a look at it if you wanted to give me a call and i could look at your medical records my only hesitation would be if your damages you know how significant are they and i'd have to really look at you know the extent of your hospitalization extent of any kind of permanent damage so you're saying if he's not permanently damaged, might not be worth it. Yeah, because through. medical malpractice cases, North Carolina requires expert testimony, and the experts are about, you know, five ten thousand $10,000 a pop. You need three or four of them. So you really? start, yeah, and that's before you even start looking at my time or, you know, any oh. hope for recovering for the victim. Yeah, yeah. So you really have to see a really big dollar, you yeah. know, big injury. 
Yeah. Somebody oh. had dollar signs in his eyes, and he almost went to law school. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, Kelly. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember the exact quote, but Biggie may be able to back me up. You're going to get a lot of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God. That yeah. does not seem like open and shut. Uh, thank you, Anonymous. They damn near killed you they on the table. They gave yeah. him a concentration of something that sent him into effort. Cr- but couldn't the, couldn't the doctor sit there and say, look, we fixed your nose. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> How's your nose looking? <laughs> I mean, it sent him into cardiac arrest. He needed a bigger injury, you say. Well, mm, in order... Yeah, in order for it to make it worth fighting it. I mean, if, if it was a situation, sometimes a provider will step up and do the right thing, and it may not have been the physician's fault. It may mm. have been the you know hospital or, or facility's fault. Sometimes they'll step up and do the right thing because right. it sounds like there's a liability issue there for sure. All right. If you have a question for Lisa, you can call 866-470-2GNC. Anonymous, you're talking about a lawsuit of a police department. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. And hi, Lisa. Hey, there. Um, Probably about six years ago, I was doing my master's degree, master's degree in school, and I got arrested for uh, distribution of heroin, which was basically BS. It was a VA doctor and a, a, a private doctor who were both giving me the same pills, which, which I did tell each one of them. But what happened was when they arrested me, they had no evidence whatsoever no pills no money no no um no witnesses to the case no nothing but they put me on a 2.5 million dollar bond i never had any charges in my life i have i'm a a combat disabled vet at that i i spent 39 days in jail and the reason why they um dismissed it was because I kept on telling them, giving my initial patient history form from the doctor. Basically, they went to the, the police, went to these doctors. They both lied. I proved that they both lied. They both knew each other. But the problem is, it still affects me today because I couldn't do what I wanted to do in my master's program because it involved the hospital. And there's no way out of $2.5 million bond and still charges pending, especially considering that impact of heroin distribution. Well, yeah, you hear that. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that made my eyes go, ooh. You're going to get a lot of money. You're about to get paid. <laughs> uh, get the bank account ready. You've already ruined it. A huge injection of cash. You've already ruined one life, <laughs> What do you think about his chance there going back for well, a while? Well, first, first I want to say thank you for your service. Love veterans and really appreciate that you gave that uh, that time for your country. Um, think your couple issues. One is that uh, the statute of limitations, you may be time barred. Number two, when there is a an accusation that the police have engaged in misconduct, it cannot be that they were just ordinarily negligent, that they were just unreasonable. It has to be gross, really reckless, gross. Mm-hmm. And, and in this situation where they're being informed by doctors, it sounds like, you know, if you sort of play devil's advocate and think if you were them and they, even even if the doctors lied, it sounds like, you know, the, the problem is more with the doctors than with the way the cops oh, really? reacted to it. Yeah. Because they were it sounds like they were misinforming the police on I this see. guy. I see. But, yeah, I think it's, it's a tough one. Okay. Oh, mm. tough case, she yeah. says. Mm. Yeah. That's two callers. Both of them, I've said, back up the Brinks truck. Yeah. yeah. And both of them, you <laughs> said. You're going to be on easy street. Not worth the cash. Yeah. Not worth your time. Sorry, Anonymous. That's a bad. What a bad break. Oh, man, man, this is why you can't be a lawyer. <laughs> I know. Well, well, because every t- client you take, you'd be like, "We're about to back up we're the Brinks truck." Chaching, chaching. And it wouldn't happen. Right. You'd be standing there going, "Ooh, really played that one wrong." You owe me sixty-five thousand yeah. <laughs> right. dollars. Still billing you for my time. Sorry. Five years later, where's that Brinks truck? Yeah, really. <laughs> Dave, you have a question about the vaccine. Go ahead. 
Yes, I do. I was just wondering if it is illegal for an employer to make you required to get this experimental vaccine that has only received uh, emergency approval as the terms of your employment. You know, uh, we were just talking about how the NFL and other companies yeah. now are, they're not saying you have to get it, but they're making it so if you don't, it looks pretty bad on you. They're really sort of forcing you into it. What are yeah. your thoughts on this? So the EEOC uh, and some of the federal regulators that basically advise on the federal level in, on this mm-hmm. have said that it is okay for employers to require it, but that's being challenged in the courts right now. There's actually a man from North Carolina, a sheriff's deputy, that has refused to get the vaccine. He was terminated, and he has joined a nationwide a small number of public servants, mostly teachers and cops, who didn't want to get it. And uh, it's going through the courts right now. Legal analysts in the employment arena feel typically in the majority that it's it's a, it's okay to require it. But really? they're fighting it. Yeah, yeah they that are a fighting business it. can make that requirement. Yeah, I mean, and it kind of goes back. There's an interesting little wrinkle to it. There is that, that piece of federal legislation that allows an emergency vaccine to even be rolled out does have a, a little sidebar to it that says, basically that people can't be mandated to take Mm -hmm. something that was an emergency vaccine. So that's in conflict with the other body of law that's already in existence Mm -hmm. where people are, you know, have been for a long time required to take the flu vaccine. Well, I was going to ask. So some people like health professionals are required to get maybe a flu shot. Right. So those things are at odds. And so, you know, the majority of legal analysts in that area feel that it is okay for employers, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It's a very unique situation. We've never had an experimental vaccine. We've had the flu vaccine that went through full approval. So it is different. Do you know, Lisa, who or when you might get a fi- who makes this final decision on this or when this might happen so it's it's basically at the at the lowest level of the federal courts right now it's going to take years okay to work really? its way through and it'll get appealed and appealed yeah, and yeah, yeah. thank you Dave. Or do you think this is headed for the supreme court Probably potentially so. yeah i think really? so and if it takes years by that time the vaccine may have gone through all the trials that a regular vaccine would have like a flu shot or something is that possible even it would take that it, long it is yeah, yeah. i mean it could, it, i would say 5 6 years probably huh. and what about the states for the right to work you know they can hire and fire whoever they want yeah. that doesn't overrule that well it's a it's a unique situation because you've got a conflict between federal and state law and usually federal law will preempt right. is huh. that right yeah you know, I, we used to have a boss here. If I ever made any uh, statement about, I would I would say something like, "I think we need to get this," and he'd go, "Right to work, Steve." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all you yeah. got to say. That's all you got to say. Like, scared yeah, right. me. At, at will. will. At will. At will. <laughs> all right. At will, State. We got here, Kelly. Oh my God, I was shaking in my yep. boots all the time yeah. when he would say stuff like yep. that. Yep. Uh, Matt is on the line talking about appearances or appearing in court. Matt, go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Great. Uh, I'm trying to figure out. I moved down from up north to North Carolina about two years ago, two and a half years ago or so, and um, I have full custody of my three children. <laughs> right. And uh, trying to figure out. I keep getting my ex, the children's mom, keeps pulling me back in and out of court in New Jersey. Trying to figure out, like, do I, since I've been here so long, do they have any jurisdiction or? How does that work? Does he have to go to court and appear, and do they have jurisdiction still? By the way, he was throwing sound effects records at us the entire time. I, I know. I, a, a dog not, barking, a doorbell. He's in exactly. the Holland Tunnel. <laughs> yeah, he's back in New Jersey now. What so, are your thoughts? So it's a child support issue. Is that what it's about? No, it's um, she. my ex keeps trying to take me back to court for custody of the kids. She ain't even seen the kids in years. Mm. And I live in North Carolina now and keep getting pulled back to New Jersey for court for nonsense so usually if that's where the original custody matter originated then you will 
continue to be called back there, even if you move away. And but they, for it's, it's a limited time? Yeah, I mean, it's different if you if there was no custody action and you were in New York and she was somewhere else. I mean, you were in North Carolina and she was somewhere else. But um, since there was already a previous action there, you sort of can't move away to get away from it, if I that see. makes sense. Oh, God, that's, that's too bad for him. Yeah. Thank you very much, Matt. Appreciate it. Sometimes the law... I mean, it's not easy. It's just not not kind. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that. Yeah. Well, you said a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. My first day, of, first day of law. First day of watching LA law. <laughs> <laughs> Back. And law and order. Law and order. Watch law and order last yeah. night. But it started with Harry Hamlin. Oh, so yeah. You had me at Hamlin. We, yeah. We finished with Orbach. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, you're talking about now. This is a very interesting question. I'm glad you're bringing this up. We had this on the uh, uh, on the docket to do today. It's the Scarlett Johansson Disney lawsuit. Joseph, go ahead. Yeah, I was looking, uh, and I'm a big fan of Marvel and Disney, and I saw that they that she is planning legal action against Disney due to a breach of contract, saying she is owed fifty a fifty million dollar residual because of Black Widow premiering on Disney Plus Premier Access. Um, I was just wondering, like, what is especially with a giant corporation like Disney, uh, what do you think the expected outcome is with you know, with breach of contract suits. It's a totally new thing. You know it about is. this? Yeah, I do. And I, my more important legal, you know, pressing legal question is, did you like the movie, Black Widow? Biggie says not worth it. Yeah. Not that good. It, it was okay, but not worth 30 bucks. Not worth the 30 bucks. Yeah. So she doesn't get as much money because they That's put right. it on their streaming platform as That's well correct. as in theaters. And now she wants $50 million. Right. So what happens is all of these actors, not just Scarlett Johansson, but almost all actors, the traditional Hollywood contract, all the compensation is tied to box office sales, and mm. that's just always been the way it is, and so that's how they still are. But now in the post-COVID era, you see all this direct-to-streaming Disney Plus business going on, and so that what the stars are saying is, look, hey, that's cheating me out of revenue, and mm. the contract says it will not that that won't happen, that mm. it will go exclusively to box office for a period of time first. So by the letter of the contract, I think she's probably got a winner mm -hmm. and that but what most studios and this isn't new what most studios are doing is they're giving the talent a cut of the streaming revenue because like with black widow it did 80 million at box office it did 60 million streaming so i mean you see it really Close, does yeah. it and it, you see how it would hurt the, oh, the yeah. talent's pocket and i think they tried to work it out with her and just couldn't come to an agreement so she took the preemptive strike of mm. filing a lawsuit i look for them to resolve it though yeah but she by the letter of the contract she wins yeah by saying. the letter of the contract they did what you know they did what they said they wouldn't do that's right okay but thanks joseph but didn't they i'm just just trying to play devil's advocate here it's i thought that they shot and edited they were supposed to release this way before covid way before mm -hmm. you know, streaming was a thing you know streaming had become such a thing mm -hmm. they, they can't say you signed an old you know a pre-covid contract yeah because the contract you know contract law is it's basically the letters mm. on the paper the words on the paper and you okay. can't you know the passage of time doesn't change that i see she's right <laughs> let's go over to uh <laughs> thanks yeah thanks. <laughs> i was gonna say the same thing yeah. <laughs> contract law doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter gonna say the same that's right sam you wanted to talk about convicted felons and their rights go ahead oh hey lisa hey guys Hey. Um, yeah, I'm a convicted felon from 2005, and it's a federal charge, and I've heard mixed rumors, but I want to know, what are the odds of me getting my rights back? Like, what kind of rights do you lose? Like voting? Can you no longer vote if you're a convicted felon? Is that yeah. right? I yeah, that's so. right. Can you get them back? You know, I don't I don't think so. I think you, um, and I, I'll have to say, this is when I don't practice criminal law, but I think it is pretty tough, especially, um, I think there's some movement to mm -hmm. change the law 
to make it. I mean, I think one of the things is with voting rights. It's mm. a big deal. Um, it's a way that a lot of um, a lot of states have very onerous laws in this regard to try to keep people from voting who mm-hmm. would vote maybe not the way their party would go or something. So, you know, there's a lot of movement afoot to try to change that, but I don't think currently that that's possible. Do you think that if a guy is convicted of a felony and let's say he goes in 10 years where he's paid his debt to society, when he gets out, should he be allowed to vote? I mean, he's back well, out. Well, I do think the passage of time, because like with this caller, it's been a really long time, so yeah. it might be worth looking into it. If you want, um, I can try to refer you to somebody mm-hmm. who... Because I've referred several people for expungements and things like that. And because it has been a long time ago, would also probably depend on, you know, the, the extent, like what you what you were charged with. Well, now let me ask you, Sam, what were you charged with? A uh, bank robbery. Oh, bank robbery. Okay. Yeah, that, that might be a tough one. But, I, but yeah. call my office and I'll get your referral. Okay, there wow. you go. I like it. Look at her. Probably won't get his gun rights back. Thank you, Sam. Wouldn't think so. Gun rights. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't think so. But voting, I think he ought to be yeah. able to vote. I mean, he might be. Yeah. yeah back out. It was a long time ago. Hey, and if you're paying you know, taxes. And you paid your dues. You, you stayed clean. That's what, it, that's what matters. That's right. Did you hear my tax point? Yeah. <laughs> Remember what I said about taxes? Yeah. You're back out there. You're yeah. contributing to society. That's not right. the bank was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Happened on April the 14th. <laughs>